Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This message was brought to you by the Unitarian Universalist Church in your community. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Marshall. We live in an age of scientific wonders. The far-out science fiction of yesterday has become today's reality. And yet, despite these giant strides unlocking the secrets of nature, mankind suffers from confusion and fear. Fear partially engendered by these very scientific advances that are first hailed as triumphs. Why? Perhaps because the science of technology lacks soul. You can't help Amelia. Don't you understand? She's beyond help. Here she is. It's your doing, Professor. You and your computers, your laboratories have done this to her. You're too emotional, Gerald. Why can't you look upon this as a noble and successful experiment? Never. I look upon it as a monstrous denial of the human spirit and the destruction of love. mystery drama, Life Blood, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Murray Burnett and stars John Beale and Marion Seldes. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The Bible has it that the Lord created Eve from one of Adam's ribs. Pygmalion fell in love with the statue of Aphrodite and brought her to life as Galatea by his earnest prayers to the gods. I'm sure every man has dreamed of his idea of the perfect woman. Our story today is the tale of a man who made that dream come true. Gerald, you surprise me. You can't be serious when you say you're nervous about seeing Uncle. He may think I'm too old for you. By the way, Amelia... How old are you? Now that is a question no gentleman asks a lady. You should know that. Anyway, isn't Uncle waiting for you? Yes. And I want you to wait here in the den for me. I'll be right back. I'll wait for you, darling. Nice to see you, Gerald. Now sit down, make yourself comfortable. I'm glad my niece has come to visit with me. I see a lot more of you since she's here. Well, that's exactly what I've come to talk with you about, Arthur. Your niece. Oh? Something important? Very. I've asked Amelia to marry me, and she said she would. Oh, no. I've never lied to you, Arthur, and there's certainly no reason for you to... Don't be a fool, Gerald. I didn't mean that Amelia had turned you down. Of course she accepted you. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, I know, and I'm... Reluctantly forced to explain. When you hear why, you won't want to marry Amelia. Impossible. There's nothing you can say about Amelia that would make me love her any less. She's the perfect woman. She's not a woman. What did you say? I said Amelia 
is not a woman. She's a robot. My creation. You can't be serious. If I had a niece, Gerald, I'd be the happiest man in the world if you and she wanted to get married. You have everything to make a great husband. You're good-looking, successful, intelligent, and you've got integrity. Thank you, but we're off the point. Are you trying to tell me that Amelia is a, a mindless, soulless replica of a woman? And I didn't know it? Exactly. When was the last time you saw a doctor? I see you all the time. I mean professionally. <laughs> you think I've gone over the edge, huh? All right. It must be a big shock to you, and you you deserve some proof. Ask Amelia to come in. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, you've inferred that I've lost my mind now. Now I want to prove to you that I'm perfectly sane. Ask her in. Now. All right. All right. Whatever you say, Arthur. Amelia, would you come in for a minute? Certainly, Gerald. Have you spoken to Uncle Arthur? He has. Come here, Amelia, and listen to me carefully. I always do, Uncle. You taught me that. Of course. Who are your parents? Parents? Yes, your mother and father. Oh, my father was your brother, and he and mother are dead. Good. Excellent. But who made you, shaped you? taught you, told you what to do and say and how to behave. You, Uncle. And are you grateful? I owe everything to you. My very existence. I understand Gerald has proposed marriage to you. Yes, Uncle. Whom would you rather kiss now? Me or Gerald? It really doesn't matter to me. Amelia, kiss me then. Of course. Well, Gerald, do you still think I'm out of my mind? I don't know what to think. If if you've really accomplished this this miracle, how did you do it? What what is she made of? <laughs> Sugar and spice and everything nice. If what you're telling me is true, this is a scientific miracle. If if this is really an automaton, your your creature made up of of what in heaven's name? Of the results of years of experimentation with computers, sound waves, unheard of advances in physics and chemistry. In short, ten years of my life. Of course you realize what this means. When you show Amelia to the world and explain your accomplishment, you'll be the most I famous... have other plans for Amelia. Haven't I, my dear? So you've told me, Uncle. I don't understand. I intend for her to meet Wilkerson. Wilkerson... What's he got to do with this? What do you think will happen when that Romeo, that woman chaser, sets eyes on this beauty? Tell me that, Gerald. Don't tell me you're still harboring a grudge against Wilkerson for something that happened ten years ago. Something? Is that how you describe my public humiliation? My being forced to resign as head of the DNA experimentation project? Of being laughed at? Because of a stupid mistake that wasn't mine? Oh, it's been long forgotten, Arthur. Not by me. Tell me, Amelia, what do you think of Harry Wilkerson? I think he's a most attractive man. Very masculine and brilliant. Oh, I've been a fool. You couldn't help yourself. No man will be able to resist Amelia. No, no, I mean about swallowing this fairy tale about a robot. You've, you've hypnotized her, that's all. You found a great subject for hypnosis uh, and... Amelia, my child, 
Come here and bring me a pin. What are you going to do? Prove to you that Amelia's exactly what I said. An unfeeling robot. Oh, thank you, my dear. Now watch as I take this pin... Now be careful. ...plunge it deeply and directly into this lovely arm. So... No! Did that hurt, Amelia? Of course not. Well, Gerald? (sighs) She still could be hypnotized. Then she'd feel no pain. Correct. But if she's human, where's the blood? You all right, Gerald? Would you like some brandy? No. Nothing, thank you. But I would feel better if you sent Amelia out of the room. Of course. Amelia? Certainly, Uncle. I'll be in my room if you want me. A computer. I fell in love with a computer. Oh, come on, Gerald. I assure you she's far more sophisticated and intricate than any computer. The most advanced computer is childish in concept compared to Amelia. Now you understand why I said no to a marriage between the two of you. Mm, I suppose I should thank you. But I resent the fact that you never told me. It was an experiment. I'm no guinea pig. Of course not. I never thought of you that way. But I I did want a test. And now that you've seen how successful it was, you can help me by introducing Amelia to Harry Wilkerson. I've got to talk you out of it. Not a chance. Wilkerson's got it coming. For what? Because he failed to stand up and take the blame for a costly mistake on a project that was headed by you? It shows a lack of integrity, but it doesn't deserve the kind of punishment you have in mind. Then you admit it'll work. That Wilkinson will fall head over heels in love with Amelia. No, you're out of touch, Arthur. Wilkinson's already fallen. He's out of his mind about Nita Raven. The ballet dancer? Right. They're practically engaged. So you see that... I'll stack Amelia up against any woman in the world. I tell you, it won't work. You're so blinded by your need for revenge... You can't see it's you I'm protecting. That's interesting. I'll justify that. Lord knows what you've created, Arthur. I'm still in shock. But you think you've made the perfect woman. A creature of real flesh and blood. When, as you so graphically demonstrated, Amelia has no blood. And what do you think will happen when that fact is inevitably discovered? At the time, I thought I'd won the argument with my friend, Dr. Arthur Moore. But I underestimated the depth of the passion that drove this brilliant scientist. I'd also underestimated his genius. I'll admit I saw much less of Arthur than before. Because I never again could feel at ease with the woman. The thing called Amelia. But a month or so after our conversation, he called and asked me over. I appreciate your coming in such short notice, Gerald, but I promise to make it interesting. You remember Amelia, of course. Of course. How are you, Amelia? Flourishing, thank you, Gerald. It's so nice to see you again. Arthur, I know you don't feel entirely at ease with Amelia, but I assure you her presence is necessary. Come here, my dear. Yes, Uncle. You remember, Gerald, you made a very cogent point the last time we discussed the makeup of our charming Amelia. I believe it had to do with blood. And now, I'm taking this needle... I really object to these demonstrations. They they leave me feeling decidedly... For a physician, you're uncommonly queasy. 
I assure you, it won't hurt Amelia in the slightest. Now, I take the needle, soak, and behold, bright ruby red blood. See how naturally it flows? Good Lord, Arthur. What have you done? She eliminated the last obstacle standing between Amelia and her introduction to Wilkerson. Go put a bandage on that, my dear. Gerald and I have to talk. I will, Uncle. Is that real blood? Certainly. Would you care to take a sample for testing? No, I'll take your word for it. How in heaven's name did you do it? I'll make a bargain with you. You promise to introduce Amelia to Wilkerson... And I'll tell you how it works. I, I've told you, Arthur. I don't want any part of this. Wilkerson's engaged. It's definite. He gave Nita a ring, and the date for their wedding will be announced any day now. What's an engagement or even a marriage to a man like Wilkerson? The minute he sees Amelia, he's Suppose going to... Suppose I tell him the truth. I'm going to ask you not to. What I revealed to you was given in confidence and to save you from humiliation. You at least owe me the favor of keeping quiet. But if this... This deception would... You would... owe Wilkerson nothing. And if he's really sincerely in love with this Nita Raven, he won't do anything about Amelia. But if he does, doesn't he deserve to be taught a lesson? Well... I want your solemn promise that you'll keep this a secret between us. Well? All right. I promise. back on things you've done and say you shouldn't have done them. But at the time, it didn't seem that too much harm could come from this mad scheme. I also thought that Arthur would have some difficulty in arranging a meeting between Amelia and Wilkerson. I found out quickly I was wrong. We live in a university town. The university has a large and extensive library, but there's also a smaller private library reserved for the use of a small group of scientists. It was there that Wilkerson first saw Amelia. Now, tell me what a beautiful young lady like you wants with that complex scientific treatise you have there. You must have brains equal to your beauty. Thank you for the compliment. But I'm taking this book for my uncle, Professor Moore. Professor Moore? My old boss. Really? Oh, yes. We worked together on a project some ten years ago. Uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Harry Wilkerson. And I'm Amelia Burke. You left something out. I don't think so. An adjective? You should say the beautiful... No, 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 no. The ravishing Amelia Burke. I'm afraid you're an incorrigible flatterer, Mr... Uh, no, Professor Wilkerson. Uh, Harry. And I'm Amelia. Amelia? I need your help. I beg your pardon? I desperately need help. I absolutely must have some refreshment and some female companionship. Or... Or I shall open my mouth and scream and be barred from this library forever. Oh, we certainly can't let that happen. Can we, Harry? Men have died and worms have eaten them. But not for love, said William Shakespeare. And he was the greatest. However, there have been a number of very fine writers who've written stories about gallant men who have died for love of a woman but none that I know of who have perished for a robot. At least not yet. I'll be back shortly with Act Two.
femme fatale abound in history and literature. They all have one thing in common. They possess a strange appeal which leads men to follow their siren song down the path to destruction. They also share another characteristic. They are human. Unlike Amelia Burke, who is a robot created for the express purpose of ensnaring one man. And she seems to be succeeding. Who is Amelia? What is she? I'm a woman, Harry. Really a very simple, predictable woman. Oh, let me contradict you. As a man who's not inexperienced when it comes to women, allow me to say that you're completely unpredictable and almost unknowable. If you're trying to confuse me, you're succeeding. All I know about you is that you're the most beautiful and charming woman I've ever met. Thank you. But who are you really? Who are your parents? Why did you suddenly appear on the scene to live with your uncle who never mentioned you all these years? I thought women were the curious sex. <laughs> oh, you're unbelievable. We've been seeing each other for two weeks and you've never asked whether I was married or even engaged. Not a single question why we always meet in these little out-of-the-way places. The important thing to me is that we're together. I couldn't have said that better myself. But don't you sometimes long for a, oh, a little more privacy? That might be nice. I figured you might feel that way, so I spoke with a good friend of mine. A fellow who can keep his mouth shut and... Uh, I've arranged for us to have the use of his apartment this Friday afternoon. He's going out of town for the weekend. How does that sound to you? Like everything else you say, Harry. Very nice. Oh, Amelia, my darling, you're wonderful. Just magnificent. Thank you, Uncle. Now, I think we ought to recheck your programming for the big date you have coming up on Friday. Who the devil is that? Just sit there, Amelia. I'll get rid of whoever it is. Gerald, it's a pleasure to see you, but you've really come at a time I'm when... I'm sorry if I've interrupted anything. It's important that we talk. Important to whom? To you. Oh. This thing with Wilkerson has gone far enough, Arthur. As a matter of fact, it's gone too far. Well, that all depends on the point of view. Now, I'm not here to argue. I'm here to tell you, Arthur, that you must stop it now. Well... We don't like that very much, do we, Amelia? No, Uncle. Unless you stop. I intend to tell Wilkerson the truth. Calm down a minute, will you? I don't want to hear any of your pseudo-rational... Gerald, if Amelia were a real, as you put it once, flesh-and-blood woman, would you interfere? Come on, answer, would you? I refuse to answer any hypothetical questions. Then I'll answer for you. You wouldn't. And why wouldn't you? Arthur, I've already told because you. Because it wouldn't be any of your business. But just because Amelia is something out of the ordinary, you consider it your duty to warn Wilkinson, or better, to make him aware of what Amelia is. I intend to tell him, if that's what you mean. Believe me, Arthur, I'll do it. I believe you, even though you're breaking a solemn promise. But have you ever thought of what Wilkinson will think of you when you come to him with this preposterous, incredible story? I I'll make him believe me. You know better. And what's more, I'll see to it that Wilkinson will think you're jealous that you want Amelia for yourself. When I left, I knew that it was a stalemate. Arthur was right. 
Wilkerson would never believe me. But I was determined to do something. The problem was, what? When I was racking my brains for a solution, Amelia was pushing ahead as programmed. Amelia, why did you call and have me meet you here? Isn't this a good place? Out of the way and discreet? No, that's not what I meant. We had an appointment. Sit down, Harry. I think we have a lot to talk about. Whatever you have to say could be said better at the apartment. I'm sure you think so, Harry. You've changed. What is it? Has something happened? How is your fiancé? Her name is Nita Raven, if I am not mistaken. Oh. Well, I knew it had to happen sometime. It was too good to lie. Now you understand why I didn't come to the apartment and why I won't go to the apartment. I didn't know you were engaged. I am. And her name is Nita Raven, but uh, that doesn't mean I'm not interested in other women. Particularly someone as fascinating as you. Does Nita know about me? Of course not. But it's all right for me to know about Nita? I didn't tell you about her. Why not? Because you're too important to me. I was afraid that what's happening right now would have happened much sooner. Nothing's happening. Yes, that's what I mean. Oh, Amelia, we're two adults. You like me. Now, don't, 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 don't try to deny it. I see it in your eyes, the way you talk to me. And I am crazy about you. Now, let's forget about everything else and get over to Bob's apartment. You make it sound so simple. That's because it is. You belong to someone else. No one belongs to anyone else. Have you ever discussed that with Nita? Certainly. She knows that when we get married, we both don't stop living. She knows I'm not going to stop admiring beautiful women simply because I'm married. You may admire me to your heart's content. And you can do that here just as well as in your friend's apartment. Hello? May I speak with Amelia, please? Who's calling? Harry Wilkerson. Oh, Harry... I'm sorry, but uh, Amelia Professor doesn't want Moore, to... Professor uh... please forgive me. We've had our problems in the past, but I'm going to ask you for a favor. Uh, please, get her to come to the phone. Harry, I really don't want to interfere with my niece's life. And I also don't have that much influence. Well, what harm can there be? I just want to speak with her. All right, Harry. I don't promise anything, but I'll see what I can do. Call back in ten minutes. When he calls, Amelia, agree to meet him, and we'll proceed as planned. Amelia, I hope you notice where we're meeting. Very nice. A pleasant change. You haven't thanked me for coming. <laughs> oh, you're something else. You really are. You refuse even to speak to me for three weeks... And then I finally get your uncle to bring you to the phone. Well, look. I've broken my engagement to Nita. Poor Harry. I don't want your sympathy. I want your love. My love has to be earned. Don't you think I've earned it? These past three weeks, I did everything I could to put you out of my mind, and look what happened. I don't know. Oh, I'd be driving to my laboratory. I'd see a blonde head in a taxi cab with another car, and... Well, I, I couldn't wait to pass the car to make sure that it wasn't you. 
Do you know how many times I've run across the street because I thought I caught sight of you on the other side? You sound angry. Well, I am. That's never happened to me before. Not even with Nita? Let's forget about Nita, shall we? How did she take the news when you told her the engagement was off? I did not come here to talk about Nita. I'm here to tell you that we're having dinner every night this week and that we're spending the weekend at Lake Ferris. We're invited by some friends of mine who are anxious to meet you. I have plans for the weekend. Cancel them. I'm afraid I can't. Oh, really? I can break an engagement, but you can't even change an appointment? You seem to be under the impression that I asked you to break your engagement. Look, I think it's time we level with each other. You never asked me to break my engagement, but you made it perfectly clear that the only way we could have any relationship was if I gave up Nita. I was honest with you about my feelings. You can't fool me about yours. I know you're attracted to me. You going to deny that? No. I am attracted. All right, now we're making progress. I've broken a commitment, and I expect you to break... Why do you make this sound like a business deal? I thought you were more romantic. Well, I'm upset. I've never felt this way about any woman in my life, and at the... Well, at the same time, there's... Well, there's something about you that bothers me. I think you made a mistake. What? You've changed. When we first met, you were relaxed and happy. You made it clear you liked me. And you hoped I would like you. I did. Well, now you're a different man. Uptight, grim, distracted. I think you feel guilty about breaking your engagement. And if you do, there's no future for us. Oh, now, wait Thank you for the lunch. Think about what I said, Harry. And then, call me. I promise I'll answer the phone. up on romance, you don't dance very close. I'm sorry. Dancing isn't my strong point. I only know how to waltz and foxtrot. <laughs> I would have thought that you'd been the queen of disco in college. Would you have liked me better? Oh, it's impossible for me to love you any more than I do now. Shall we go back to the table? Oh, as you like. The Ferris's were disappointed they didn't meet you the other weekend. Tell them I'm flattered. I have a surprise for you. I love surprises. What is it? Here. Open this box. Oh, it looks like a ring, is it? Open the box. Well, do you like it? It's very nice. Very nice? That's an engagement ring. I'm asking you to marry me. I realize... That's all you have to say. I realize. I'll bet I get more reaction from a robot. Don't you ever say a thing like that? Never. It's disgusting. Well, 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 a reaction at last. You... You are exquisite. Promise me you'll never use that word again. What's wrong with exquisite? There's nothing to joke about. You know the word I mean. <laughs> I can think of a lot of words some ladies might object to, but Harry. All right, all right. <laughs> it will never pass my lips again. Now slip on the ring and we'll seal our engagement with a kiss. Harry, I know you're going to think this is silly, but... This isn't the ring I wanted. Darling, if you knew how long I searched it's for... It's beautiful, it... but call me 
sentimental. The ring I want is the one you gave Nita. Oh, come on, Amelia. Nita's out of my life. I'm not going to ask for the ring back. If she had any pride, she'd give it back. Well, forget it. I'll get you any ring you want except that. That's the only way I'll really feel sure of your love. I want the ring that Nita has. Otherwise, we're not engaged. A famous poet commenting on the human race wrote, The female of the species is deadlier than the male. I don't think anyone can question that some form of robot is a definite part of man's future. But are we going to have to apply the same yardstick to the automatons? We should have the answer when I return with the final act of lifeblood shortly. Have you ever wished your bank would pay you interest on your checking account? Wouldn't it only seem fair? We at Otero Savings think so. That's why we're offering the check-in account. It's better than checking because you get five and a quarter percent interest. At Otero, you get the best of both. The interest-earning capability of a savings account with the complete flexibility of a checking account. The Otero Check-In Account. From Otero Savings. Member FSLIC. You missed Jimmy's birthday party. I was with a client and I stopped And Jimmy's the... your child. I was only going to have one drink. I didn't mean I to I know. You long. never mean to. But I've had it. Mary. You quit drinking or I'm leaving. Now, Mary, please. <laughs> Sound familiar? That was a scene from my life. My wife thought I had a drinking problem. I didn't, but I was scared. I wasn't in control and I didn't want to lose my family. We went to the recovery center. We worked together and solved our problems. Life can be good again. Call the Recovery Center, 825-4951. The Recovery Center. Perfection is the goal of many driven people. The fact is that absolute perfection is unattainable. It should be, because if you stop to consider... Life with a perfect man or woman would be rather formidable. Harry Wilkerson doesn't think so. He's fallen in love with a perfect woman, Amelia Burke. He's unaware that Amelia is a robot, the creation of a genius who holds a long-standing grudge against him and who's determined to use Amelia to extract a terrible revenge. I thank you for the invitation, Gerald, but I never dine out. I thought you might make an exception, Professor. The dinner is an occasion for me to congratulate you upon the success of your stratagem to even the score with Wilkerson. I think your congratulations are a trifle premature. Really? Wilkerson's broken off his engagement to Nita. He's a man driven almost to the point of distraction. He's on such a short fuse that his colleagues object to working with him. What more do you want? I want him to have the final gift. The thing he wants more than anything in the world. I want to see him married to Amelia. But he hasn't seen or spoken with Amelia in a month. And she's seeing other men. You seem well informed. Have you talked with Wilkerson? Yes, but not about Amelia. She's a subject he refuses to discuss. I've tried. I don't understand this sudden revival of interest in Amelia on your part. Arthur, you produced a robot so perfect that she can pass as a woman. Now that's, that's a scientific miracle. I'm your best friend. Yet I haven't the slightest idea of how you did it. In my position, wouldn't you be curious? Well, this is my life work. 
You're a physician, and quite frankly, the process is so complicated, it would take weeks for me to explain the various intricate and even dangerous steps I used to create the finished product. Well, couldn't you simplify parts of it for me? I'm not asking you to divulge the secret of how you simulated the marvelous skin or how you solved the problem of the blood that seems to course through her veins. But her responses are what fascinate me. How do you program her so that her answers to questions follow a logical train of thought? I'll give you a hint, Gerald. Stimuli. Everything in nature responds to certain stimuli. And they, in turn, trigger other responses. Uh, That's logical, but vague. And that's the way I intend for it to remain. I'm opposed to the deception you're practicing. It isn't only Wilkerson who has fallen under the spell of this, this mindless robot... But now she's deceiving others. Uh, that oh, is what I... fools, all of them. And that's exactly the point I'm going to prove. That's how I'll get my satisfaction. Of course, Arthur was right. After long hours considering how I could expose Amelia as a robot, I hit upon the idea that the weakness was Amelia herself. Because of my own experience with her... I had some understanding of how she'd been programmed. I felt that perhaps I could disturb her pattern enough to expose her. But I had to get her alone. Arthur rarely went out. He monitored her phone calls. But I knew he would attend an important lecture on DNA and cloning the following night. So I called and got her permission to visit. It's so nice to see you again, Gerald. Have you missed me? How could I not miss such an interesting person as you, Amelia? You're much more interesting than I. Did your uncle tell you to say that? My uncle? Amelia, I know who you are. Or rather, what you are. Of course you do. Your uncle Arthur's dearest friend. How do you know that? The way I know everything else. I just know it. (sighs) Well, what do you and your uncle talk about? Can't we talk about us? We can, but I'd rather have you tell me what you and your uncle talk about. We... we don't talk about much. Are you fond of your uncle? I love him. I owe him everything. What do you do when you're alone with him? Mostly we listen to records. What kind of records? All kinds. Music, talk. Oh, lots of talking records. That's how I learned to dance. Talk or music? Both. That's how you learn everything, then. Through records? I beg your pardon? Don't you think it might be nice if I made some records and we listened to them? I'd enjoy that. Oh, excuse me. Hello? Oh, Harry, what a delightful surprise. Of course I mean it. I mean everything I say to you. That's ridiculous. We're not playing a game. There's no winning or losing. Of course I missed you. Yes. Yes. I'll be there. Was that Harry Wilkerson? Yes, and he has wonderful news. I'm sorry, Gerald, but I must leave now. I'm going to meet Harry. You can stay and wait for Uncle if you like. I'm sure you understand. Amelia, let me pinch you. Why? 
to make sure the dreams come true. Come in, come in. What a lovely apartment. I told you you'd like it. Oh, why the devil did it take you so long to get here? Think of what we've been missing. Think of the happiness we've lost that can't ever be. Don't you have something to show me? All right. Hold out your hand. There. That's what you wanted. Oh, yes. You know, it's amazing. That even fits. Amelia, with this ring, I thee wed. Oh, Amelia, I need you so desperately. When are we going to get married? Whenever you like, my darling. Well, isn't the lady supposed to set the date? Oh, I suppose so. I'll have to speak to my uncle. I wonder how he'll feel about your marrying me. He wants what I want and what's best for me. Oh, if you knew how I missed not seeing you this past month. I thought the loneliness would gradually disappear, but it only got worse. And as the days went by, I, I, I missed you more and more. My poor darling, you could have saved yourself all that misery if you'd just gotten the ring for me right off. That was the most difficult and painful thing I've ever been faced with. Did Nita try to... Oh, I mean, I love you. I, I, I've proven that. I, I'm warning you, the subject of the ring is taboo. We'll never mention it again. Okay? If you want. After all, a wife must please her husband. Arthur... I'm here to check on a rumor that I hope is false. Well, if it's about Amelia and Harry Wilkerson getting married, it's true. <sighs> Have you any idea what a hell's brew you're compounding? Harry Wilkerson is no robot. Whatever you may think of him, he's a human being with feelings and sensibilities. You're becoming hysterical. Wilkerson's forthcoming marriage to Amelia is none of your business. That you persist in making it so... Leads me to conclude that you're not entirely over your early infatuation with Amelia. Oh, you really believe that, don't you? Of course. And as Amelia's creator, I can understand it. She was designed to be irresistible and also controllable only by me. She was created to please men, and she has. Arthur, I implore you, as a friend, as someone who has your best interest at heart... Give up this insanity. I know you're sincere, Gerald, but nothing you say or do will make me change my plan. And what happens when inevitably, at some time in the future, Wilkerson discovers the truth about Amelia? Now, that's an interesting speculation. I'm looking forward to that day. What do you suppose he'll do? I have no idea. But what will you gain if you told Wilkerson the truth now... Wouldn't that be humiliation enough for him? And satisfaction enough for you to know that you have so completely fooled a scientist like Wilkerson that... Save your breath, Gerald. Nothing you say will stop me from walking down that church aisle tomorrow to give the bride away. Oh, Gerald... Well, you've caught me at a terrible time. Didn't you know that I'm getting married in an hour? Not if I can help it. <laughs> what the devil is it? Harry, your marriage to Amelia will be a disaster. It's simply a plot on the part of Arthur Moore to make a fool of you. Have you lost your mind? Amelia is a mannequin, an automaton, a robot, programmed by Moore. Jerome, I can see you believe that. 
I'm sorry for you. I don't know what's caused this apparition, but I... I'll prove it to you. Look, I'm meeting my best man in 45 minutes. I'm already late. You're a scientist. You'll at least let me prove the truth of what I'm saying. Well, how do you propose to do that? And just meet me at the church in half an hour. But don't let Arthur Moore or Amelia know that you've arrived. I conceived a wild plan. But it was the only thing I could dream up. I raced to the church, praying that Moore's eagerness would have him bring Amelia early. When I saw I was right, I stopped in the minister's study briefly. And then entered the room where they were. Gerald, what a surprise. Come to say a last fond farewell to the beautiful bride? Something like that. And also to ask no, you... No, no, no. No more pleading with me to... Oh, excuse me. I see that I'm wanted in the minister's study. I'll be right back, my dear. And don't be too nice to our dear friend Gerald. Amelia, come with me. Where? To meet someone you know and like. Quickly now. Harry, my darling... Don't you know it's bad luck for the groom to see the bride before the wedding? That's an outdated superstition, Amelia. All right, Gerald, get on with it. I'm warning you, I've come prepared. Get on with what? Amelia, do you like me? Of course, Gerald. Very much? You are one of the most fascinating men I've ever met. All right, what is this rigmarole? Quiet. Amelia, will you kiss me? Of course. Now, wait Shut up. I'm giving a scientist's proof. Kiss me, Amelia. Amelia, you're truly a lovely, bewitching creature. Will you marry me? Why, of course. Oh, oh, no, wait, wait. No, Uncle Arthur told me not to be too nice to you. Uncle... Uncle Arthur told... Amelia, what about me? How can you think of anyone else when... I want you to marry me, Amelia, to be my wife. You want to, don't you? Of course, dear Gerald. I've always liked you. You know that. Shut up, you stupid mindless... There's no sense in shouting at her, Harry. She's only a robot. Only? I told you I came prepared. And now I'm going to prove it. What's going on here? Wilkerson, what what have you lost your mind? Put that knife down. Not until I've destroyed your monstrous creation. Now watch while I rip her insides out. Stop him! Gerald! Somebody! There! Right where your heart is supposed to be, and there. And there. Stop it. Stop it, Harry. Stop slashing at Amelia. Look. Don't you see? The professor is bleeding also. Gerald, maybe you were right. Harry, get an ambulance here immediately. Move, man. Too, Too late, Gerald. The knife has gone too deep. Too much loss of blood. Don't talk, Arthur. It doesn't matter now. You see... I was telling the truth when I said I gave ten years of my life to Amelia. I did give her life, Gerald. My own life's blood. The story never made the newspapers. When the coroner told the district attorney that Amelia was indeed a robot... The state felt there was no way they could prosecute Wilkerson for murder or even manslaughter. Until now, I've kept quiet. But I never stopped wanting to tell the story to the world.
quite a story it is. Harry Wilkerson resigned and left town quietly. You may take the story as a fairy tale, a horror story, or as a warning. The choice is yours. Oh, and uh, there is another aspect to this story that should be considered. I'll be right back to explore it with you. that the district attorney felt the state couldn't prosecute Harry Wilkerson for the murder of a robot. But if it was indeed Wilkerson's knife that was responsible for the lifeblood seeping from Professor Arthur Moore, could that perhaps be construed as murder? Or at least manslaughter? For you lawyers in the audience, a pretty little legal problem. One for which I should be grateful for your guidance. Our cast included John Beale, Marion Seldes, Ralph Bell, and Gordon Gould. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. So this is your room, Rodney. It's very nice. Oh, but it's my so hot and stuffy. Oh, dear me, let's open a window. It, it's midsummer, and you have all the windows closed. There, that's better. Now, let's see your butterflies. Well, aren't you going to show me your collection? Rodney, why are you staring like that? Rodney, don't come any closer to me. I don't like it. Rodney, what's the matter with you? This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. This is the voice of the 